Well, hey, everybody. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Just a Guy in the Pew. And before we jump into today's episode with Father Malachi, I just want to do two things. One, to say thank you for listening the way you always do. And two, today's Giving Tuesday. So I wanted to invite you to consider giving to our ministry. Now, y'all listen to the show all the time, so I won't bore you with everything we do. You know that we're traveling and starting vibrant, life-changing ministry to men and parishes all across the country. The demand for our work has grown and risen. I can't do it all by myself. So we need to bring on some other people, some missionaries to train, and we really need your help financially to do that. So I'm just asking you today on this Giving Tuesday to consider giving to our ministry. If it's helped you in any way, through the podcast, through a mission, through a conference, through anything we've done, please consider giving us uh, giving to us on Giving Tuesday today. You can do so by going down to the show notes, uh, however you're listening to this on YouTube or on any of the audio platforms. You can find the link there, or you can go to donorbox.org. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy this episode with Father Malachi. God bless. Welcome back to the Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and I'm excited again to welcome Father Malachi, my good friend, back into the Pew today. We put down an episode that came out a couple weeks ago, and uh, we filmed this one while he was here, too. We just had a couple of subjects on our heart, and you know, through prayer and just time together, kind of looked at each other and said, man, there's something else we need to talk about. Mm. So we wanted to, to take time in this show to do that. So mm. I want to welcome back Father Malachi, my boy. Thanks, John. Dude, what's up, dude? Yeah. yeah. So we talked in the... And the first episode we did together, I mean, you've done several episodes with me, but the last mm-hmm. episode we did together was just basically on uh, playing, you know, and, and yeah. letting the Father love us and all those things. And yeah, childlike freedom, man. Yeah, yeah. And I hope it blessed a lot of people. I'm sure it did. The Lord, you know, mm-hmm. he has a way of using our uh, inadequacies to, to bless people. So hopefully that's what he did with this too. But, you know, we were, you came in, and this is a little bit of a different of a time because mm-hmm. you came in for a retreat, you know, that, yeah. I, that I wasn't involved in. Usually when you've come in, it's something I've helped or- orchestrate. And, you know, you've had like two or three nights in a row of speaking for a mission or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, you actually were like, hey, bro, I'm in town and I don't have to go back till Monday. And so we had Sunday basically all afternoon and mm-hmm. all evening to hang out. And uh, that's unusual. Usually it's kind of like we're doing stuff. We might get an hour and we get home in bed and up the next day and doing gone. stuff. Yeah. So, uh, it was really nice because we got to go out and start a fire mm-hmm. and nice weather here in Memphis and watch a little football and yeah. partake in a little drink and, yeah. and hang out. And uh, that's where really the first episode we did kind of came from. But then we mm-hmm. started talking about other things that it seems like comes naturally in conversation these mm-hmm. days, you know, when you're talking about the church. There's a lot yeah. of polarizing things out there. There's a lot of division in the church. And mm-hmm. I remember sitting there, and because I love you and I trust you, you know, there's I'm not big on listening to whatever's on social media. I like to talk to people that are informed, mm-hmm. and, and especially priests that, that you know, are, are, are good men and, and, and I know are going to give an honest take on something. Mm. So I just kind of looked over at you and said, you know, what do you think about everything going on here lately? And, you know, obviously the polar, not the polarizing thing, but the, the, the subject and everybody's viewpoint here lately has been the removal of Bishop Strickland. And mm-hmm. and just that's just kind of a high note of what people are using to talk about some of the things they hear coming from, you know, Pope Francis or, mm-hmm. or really even how we sort of have these two different sides in the church right now that are kind of warring with each other a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, the... You got your super traditionalist and and people that think no, if it's not this way, then mm-hmm. then 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 this isn't the faith. This isn't the Catholic mm-hmm. Church. And then you also have the other side, which are looking to change things in ways mm-hmm. that benefit them some. And then you got the middle, 
and mm-hmm. you know there's a lot more people in the middle kind of wondering like where what do we do where do we mm-hmm. go and so that's kind of why i posed that question to you last night because i wanted to know your opinion just really on mm-hmm. these things in the church and not to center on the strickland thing god knows there's plenty of people out there where they're <laughs> you turn on facebook you can't get yeah. either taylor swift and travis kelsey or bishop strickland yeah. like, so it's <laughs> the one of the two and i don't want to really care i don't care about either one of them honestly yeah. you know i mean other than the 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 persons themselves but mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it was just an interesting conversation last night to start, mm-hmm. and our hearts were similar in this. So yeah. What's really important, and yeah. what, how, how much of a detriment this, a lot of this can be. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, um, I think about you know my mom. She'd always say when I was younger, she'd say, "Son, if you ever see division or disunity, you know that the Satan's tail is going to be slithering out the door on the other side because he's already done his work." Yeah. <laughs> and and it's true. Whenever we see division and disunity, we can be guaranteed that like Satan's at work. I've been reading um, recently. I'm a big Tolkien fan, mm-hmm. and been reading the Cimmerillion. And there's this really just like it's a it's a story of tragedy because it's about these great elves and the great men of old. This is prior to Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and the Hobbit and all of that, who have this amazing gift in their greatness, but they end up succumbing to these lies that are sown into their hearts by this evil sort of demigod called Morgoth. And it was just interesting to me because he talked about his greatest work was not sort of like killing people. He said his greatest work was when the lies he had put into the hearts of the men and elves bore fruit in disunity and dissension among them. Mm. Yeah. And I just was like, oh, wow, way to go Tolkien. Like, you know, like uh, that Satan sort of rejoices the most when he sees the followers of Christ, the church, warring at herself. Sure. Judging this person or that person, um, looking at this other as the enemy. And, and also with that, you know, is like something that the Lord's really just brought to my, my attention is like in my own life personally, um, but I think also for the church is this, it's this question of like, where do we have our eyes placed? So like in the gospel where Jesus is asleep in the ship, there is this presence of Christ, mm-hmm. there's a storm outside, and there's disciples that start freaking out because there's a storm. And they wake up Jesus, right? Which is good, like, go to Jesus. Yeah. But he rebukes them. <laughs> oh, you little faith. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and I was just, I've been mean, thinking about this, right? So what I see when I look out is I see a lot of, like, doomsday, like, sort of, like, newsflash social media stuff and i'm not like on there it's more of like mediated through all these people that i talk to and interact with as a priest so i'm grateful that i'm not like kind of in that world but there's all these people that are out there you know like this is all these horrible things are happening you know it's 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 like the it's the end of the world it's the end of the church there's you know like freaking out about pope francis freaking about these things that are happening with a synod and and they're talking about it and they're worked up like and they're angry and they're frustrated and there's like some things it's like okay like i get the reality right now in the world there is a lot of confusion and right now in the world there is a lot of things that are falling apart before our eyes because we're at the end of this sort of time in history the end of an epic there's changes that are happening sure. and we see that like last you know two decades like radical changes happened Um, So there is a storm, and I would never deny that or belittle that. Mm -hmm. 
But in the midst of the storm, this question for me is like, where are our eyes? Yeah. Like, where am I looking in that storm? Are my eyes looking, right, like at wind, waves, you know, hearing the thunder, looking out at the darkness of the night? Or are my eyes upon Jesus Christ? And, you know, St. Francis of Assisi, who obviously I love, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. you're like, you yeah. know, he's a man. Um, he, was a, <laughs> he, he lived in a time in his life and in the history of the church that was also a change of epoch. It was a change from this like feudal systems in society to the rise of merchant middle class. It was like upheaval, like literally his town wall was built because they had torn down the castle of the yeah. families that were like the feudal lords <laughs> in that area. Like you want to talk about tumultuous like change. Like it was literally like in the entire environment in which he lived. The church had scandal. There was all these issues that were going on. There was problems that were present in the clergy and leadership. And he's in the middle of all of this, right? And there are groups that are looking at what's happening, and they're pointing the finger at things that they see that are wrong with with clergy. They're pointing fingers at the things that are wrong with hierarchy. And they're looking about and they're saying, you know what? Like we're 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 going to be faithful to that which is truly Catholic. We're gonna be we're gonna show you what it really means to be a member of the church. And so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start doing things that are radically opposed to what we see in the culture. So they did. They live poverty radically. These groups mm-hmm. are called the Waldensians, Albigensians. Um, you know, and they and they also like they dedicated themselves to a lot of prayer, extremely like devout, but they also were highly critical of hierarchy and clergy. They they looked at the people who were in positions of leadership in the church and they judged them unworthy and said that they were the ones who were actually worthy. Sure. Um, there was this posturing that happened, this pride, this hubris that was there in their hearts. And in comes Francis, who, as we know, loved and lived a radical poverty mm-hmm. and also simultaneously was he was dedicated deeply to prayer, to the interior life. He also was a man who loved the liturgy, loved the Eucharist. But in the beginning of his rule, which he says, this is the rule and life of the Friars Minor, namely to live the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. To live the gospel. That's what he was about. He said in obedience, in chastity, and without anything of our own, right, in, in this poverty. And then he said, and in obedience to our Lord, Pope Honorius, and his successors. Mm. And he, he, what he did is, and this is the thing that I'm, I mean, I struggle, right? Like, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to respond to this situation in the church. Or I struggle because I don't really know the answer to the question of like, what happened in the case of Bishop Strickland? Like, I don't know the answer sure. to sort of like, the, and it's like way above my pay grade. Sure. Right? But what I do know is that there is a pull in both directions for me to make a judgment that's not mine to make. Amen. And to presume to know why this happened and to judge the people that did this or to presume to know what Bishop Strickland did and and therefore he deserved this. Sure. We're in this position where we actually don't have the information and we ought not to. It's not ours to know. Right. Right? 
And and we're in this position with a lot of things in the church where it's not mine actually. To, I'm not the one who's been called to serve in this way. But we live in a world of 24-hour news cycles. Yep. People that are making a bunch of money on YouTube because people are watching their videos that are stirring and fomenting this sort of like frustration and anger and draw, you know, and it's yep. like of judgment and in both directions, right? Right, left, that doesn't matter. Capitalizing on it, yeah. Yeah, so like all of this is going on. There's this like, there is this storm. And it's like in the midst of the storm, where are my eyes? Yeah. And Francis says, my eyes will be upon Jesus and I am going to live as a faithful son of the church. And I have confidence in the storm because Jesus is in the boat, which is the church. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not going to cling to anything or anyone other than him. Yeah. And I think this is one of the things that I see is is in the midst of like, right? Like when you're, it's like, you know, they have those uh, handles in vehicles. I won't say it here. You know, the, the, the oh crap handle, you know, yeah, 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 in your yeah, car. Sure. It's like when sure. something's going wrong and I feel threatened, I Look for security, and I grab yep. onto something. Start grasping, yeah. And I can see it happening, right? Like we grasp, and it's happening in society where there's this uncertainty and this tumultuous situation. People are grasping. Yeah, they're grasping onto political parties or a candidate next year, twenty twenty four. We know, you know, it's like whoever wins is going to be the one that determines what happens and whether I'm at peace or I'm angry and pissed off, and whether I feel like the world's <laughs> coming to an end or not. Right? Yep. The best sign I've seen so far was in a buddy of mine's, like you know, before in front of his uh, rectory that he put up, Jesus twenty twenty four. Sure. You know, yeah, like, there you go. Yeah. And, and and beyond. Yeah, and beyond. Like it doesn't, you know. And so it's like who? It doesn't matter who's in the White House. I know who's sitting on the throne in heaven. Amen. And, and even when there are moments in the history and the life of the church where things become tumultuous, my confidence is, is that I know that there is one who has given his promise and his word is faithful and true. Yeah. And so, like, I have to ask myself this question. And I've been doing this personally. as like, Lord, what, am I, what have I started to grab onto in my life? And made my sense of security or identity or whatever it is. It's not you. You, Jesus alone. Francis was like radically a fundamentalist when it came to this. Sure. He's like, Jesus alone. Yep. There is no one else. There is nothing else. And as we look at the church right now, I think that part of the problem is, is people have lost that vision, that sort of horizon that recognizes Christ is with us now. Yeah. He's here now. And what is Jesus about? I think he's about the same thing that he was about when he walked around on this earth. He walked into a situation of absolute like political chaos for the people Israel. He walked into a situation where you had a bunch of people within the Jewish faith and religion who were rigid, hardlined, ultra trad, rad, whatever you want to call sure, it, yeah. who were like, you do it this way and this way alone, you know, called the Pharisees. Or we'll kill you. Yeah, and <laughs> and what happens, right, is that I, I grab on to the external, and, you know, I can make anything, even the things of God. I mentioned political stuff, but I can make the things of God my idol. Yep. The liturgy can become my idol. Yep. And I've seen it where people are like, I'd rather not receive Jesus in the Eucharist than go to Mass when they're not speaking Latin. What's at the center of your life, brother or sister? 
Yeah. You know, there it's like Jesus. Yeah. I mean, in the same thing, you know, on the on the on the other side, it's like, you know, I'm not going to go to that church because they're conservative there. You know, it's just sort of like we're allowing something other than the gospel to become the way that we form our thinking, our acting, our being. And we're even allowing that to happen inside the church. And, uh, you know, you look back at the history of the church and, and what happened that caused schisms. It was a source of heresy that was the thing that that set the set certain people like off track. You know, well, heresy is a word that goes back to Greek, heresis, which means choice. So there's a tension, right? Mm-hmm. And choice is like, I'm going to choose sides in the tension. And what does Jesus say? Is like, no, I'm going to choose this in the tension. Yeah, amen. I'm not going to the right or the left. I'm going to allow myself to be stretched out in both directions on the cross. And I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here in the tension. And it can be really difficult. It's like, I don't know the answer. Yeah, but I am not going to walk down the path of beginning to judge and presume that I know the motive and the heart of Pope Francis because I don't. Mm-hmm. And neither will I do the same thing with Bishop Strickland because I don't. Yeah, I'm called to stay here with Jesus. And then when I'm there with Jesus and my eyes are on him and I witness his power manifesting itself in my life, then I realize it's not just about me and it's not just about us. Jesus came to, to save everyone. Yeah. And has my heart been filled with a love for that which Jesus loves? Because Jesus loves sinners. <laughs> and Jesus loves lost sheep. Yeah. And Jesus loves people who are sick. Is my heart filled with a love for the things that Jesus loves? Yeah, that's dude, I'm right there with you. I mean... You said, what was Jesus about? And, and this came to my mind last night when we were talking, and then again when you said it. What did he say? Even when he was a, a, a kid, lost in the temple, right? I'm about my father's business. Did mm. you not know it would be about my father's Come business? Come on. And when people say that to me, like, John, because you know, I have somewhat of a platform with this or whatever, and so people want to know your opinion. And I don't ever get into it. And they're like, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I'm like, I don't think it matters. Mm. What do you mean it doesn't matter? It's all that matters. <laughs> and I'm like, to you? Yeah. What matters to me is I'm about my father's business, mm-hmm. right? Who am I loving? Am I loving well? Am I being present to the people around me? Mm-hmm. And I told you last night some words that have been coming to my mind lately, and you know we've mentioned it in other shows, and Deacon Jeff and people, but like silent sufferers. Mm-hmm. Like we're worried and we're so angry and we allow all this stuff, what side we're on, and if the other one gets an upper hand and this and that, and this article said this, and this article said that, and this is going to happen tomorrow, and I just know it. And it's like Jesus came to bring you peace. And the enemy's sitting there robbing it from you yeah, with good, quote, things, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not the savior of the world. Mm. Like, if Jesus put Pope Francis as the pope of the Catholic Church, if you want to go argue with him, go do it. Yeah. <laughs> right? But you're not going to win. Yeah. Right? You're not going to win. And what, how many people did God put in your in your circle in the last minute, in the last hour, in the last week, in the last year, that God said, like, that's what I, that's my business. Would you tell him about my love? Right, yeah. Would you just be present to him? Yeah. And so worry about two people you'll never meet in your life yeah. and you can't do anything about because that's the bottom line. I said yeah. to somebody the other day, you know what? If Pope Francis tomorrow decides he wants to say that you got to stay the rosary standing on your head, okay, I can't do anything about it. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like, I have no power to do anything about yeah. that. So why am I going to give my effort, my life, my energy, my time, everything to that which I can't do anything about? Yeah. Right? And it's just, what is God setting in front of me? 
And it's not to solve the problems of the church. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not to, to argue <laughs> with the magisterium. Yeah. Right? It's not to, to go in, in and say, oh, look at this person. He's so holy. He went and knelt outside of a meeting he wasn't supposed to be at. Yeah. Right? It's none of that stuff. It's what is God asking me to do right now mm-hmm. for my child that's sitting on the other side of the room, for that mm-hmm. person in my office that hasn't said anything in three days and there's probably something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. What about all this stuff? Yeah. But instead we're like, no, man, the church did this and I'm just going to be mad and yeah. and and just angry yeah. and, 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 and passive about the people to the people around me like no mm-hmm. if you agree with me i'm not your friend anymore yeah it's like what and that's what i was telling you last night like there was uh there's a church here in memphis and and uh there's a priest there that's that's doing all the traditional stuff and good for him like the bishop said he could all that stuff there's people that enjoy it good you love it go to church there all day long i don't have a problem mm-hmm. with it but don't tell me mine's not holy because we're not doing that mm. and so i saw this going on with people i knew on facebook and i just day after day after day when i'd get on there to post our things or whatever I'd see these, they're just going back and forth. If you're not here, you're not holy. And, well, how dare you say that? Da, da, da. And I finally, you know, I'm not big on doing this, but I'd had enough. And I was, you know, sometimes I put my, you know, do stuff I shouldn't do. But I, <laughs> but I put it in there and I was like, hey, I got a question for both of you. Is there a red candle lit at your parish? Yes, yes, of course. Is there a tabernacle, uh, tabernacle there? Mm-hmm. Yes. Then it's holy. Amen, right? bro. Then Jesus is there. Jesus! It's holy because Jesus is yes. there. Not because of the way you choose to do things or the way you choose not to do them, mm-hmm. right? As long as you're doing it in reverence and under the accordance of the church, yeah, right? And it's it's just yeah. so asinine to me. It's yeah. like we have the world is going to hell in a handbasket every day. And we're sitting here freaking arguing right. about and, and here's the point: and when, fighting. It's just like ah! and, and the point of bringing people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Do you think anybody in their right mind? who sees you at work and you're this devout Catholic and you're praying every day and you're saying the rosary and you're always proclaiming Jesus and then they see you flipping out on social media on someone who was also Catholic because they have an opinion that's different than yours. Do you think anybody's going to ever say, well, man, I really want to go be Catholic Yeah, because I want to infight with each other. I want to scream at each other. I want to call each other out. I want to treat people very differently than I pretend to to say I treat people. Totally, bro. And that's what we're doing. I know. Well, and you know, St. Francis is St. Francis because he didn't do that. Right. <laughs> and what he did do is he said, yeah, the Lord asked me to rebuild the church. And, you know, it's like, okay. Like, I totally, like, uh, have, like, a sense of, um, like, recognizing the desire for, like, renewal, for, like, radical transformation. Like, the kind of type of disposition of heart that I find in a lot of people who are drawn to traditional liturgy have a desire to see the church like in her full beauty safeguarded proclaimed and continually being lived out in the world and it's like that's awesome yeah and 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 how's that going to happen Francis was called to rebuild the church and it's like how's it going to happen and it's like well if everybody starts kneeling and receiving on the tongue that's how it's going to happen it's like no Francis said how's it going to happen is I'm going to work with God's grace for the conversion of my heart. I'm going to rebuild the church of my heart. My heart. Yeah. A life of penance in which I embark on this journey with God in which I'm going to allow my heart to become conformed to the sacred heart of Jesus. Amen. And you know what? Let's just do a little litmus test because the sacred heart of Jesus is expressed in a beautiful snapshot in the Beatitudes. And just to challenge the people out there, Look at your post on social media, read the Beatitudes, and ask if those things correspond or yep. not. The dispositions you find, blessed are the poor in spirit, yeah. blessed are the peacemakers, 
Blessed are the meek. Yeah. You know, and then the same thing. If I'm like following somebody and listening to what they're saying, I don't want to listen to somebody who is speaking in a way that is not rooted in the gospel. Yep. And so I don't care if they say what's right, if they're saying it in a way that isn't right. That isn't right. <laughs> I don't need that poison coming into me because when it comes into me, like you're talking, I walk into work and somebody asks me about something or I'm with other friends of mine who are Catholic and I begin to speak about it. And what comes out? Anger. Venom. Venom. Yeah. The poison. The poison of Morgoth. Yeah. <laughs> He's the one who sowed it there to begin with. Yeah. And I think that's the great deception is, is like, you know, in that story of the Cimmerillion that Tolkien writes about, it's like the elves begin to think that the men are the one. And even amongst the elves, they think, no, it's this, it's this elven king and this is his, he's against me. And it's this infighting and they kill one another. Yeah. And Satan must be just rejoicing. I don't have to worry about, golly, man, like, you know, evangelization or somebody hearing about Christ. These disciples of Jesus are, are, are just going to do it themselves. Yeah, They're going to kill one another. They're going to destroy one another with their words. They're going to give this counter witness to the gospel. And then all of these people that are there in the world around us, like just, like, just walk down the street in your town and look around and just see like, wow, like God desires all of them to know his love. Yeah, Lord, what is my part in that? Walk into your home with your family and look around. Whoa, Lord, you want everybody here to know your love. What am I doing about that? Yeah. You know, it's like walk into your parish and look around. Better yet, walk into the parish that you think is, you know, crazy, kooky, or you think is like so radicalized in a traditionalist way that you'd never want to be there and look around. Yeah. And recognize that God loves each and every one of these people and wants them to know his love. What am I doing? Am I allowing my heart to become like the heart of Jesus? Francis did that, and that's what renewed the church. (laughs) He did not step into a position of criticizing hierarchy and clergy and people that were doing things that were even objectively scandalous. He did not do that. He repented of his sins. He fasted. He prayed. And he proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, like that's what the world needs right now. They don't Amen. need somebody else out there who's getting angry and you know jumping into liturgy wars, jumping into sort of like the politicization of the church and the way we talk about ourselves and the people who are in leadership. Doesn't need doomsdayers that are out there saying it's the end of this, it's the end yeah. of that. It needs people whose eyes are on Jesus and are filled with hope and joy because they know his love. And they're like, yo, guess what? I know someone and he's in love with you. Yeah. And he wants you to know him. <laughs> and guess what? He's with us in the most profound, beautiful way. And he's inside this church where that red candle is. And it doesn't matter whether or not the dude's kneeling or he's standing yeah. in there, man. Because you know what? Being Catholic means I belong to the family of God. And that family has a head. Who's the Pope? Yep. And having my eyes on Jesus and being one who is living in relationship with him through the grace of the sacraments. And where is he? He's waiting for us in the Eucharist. He's waiting for us in the grace of each of the sacraments, waiting for us in Our Lady and the Rosary. He's waiting for us in sacred scripture. And it's like, boy, what would happen to the world if the amount of time people spent listening to this or that person, you know, 
yell about and get angry about and critique this person in the church or read this article that's talking about what's happening with Bishop Strickland, how about put that down and pick up the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians? (laughs) Amen. You know, like, Amen. what would happen if we read as much scripture as we did, you know, like the stuff that's out there constantly being thrown at us in the 24-hour news cycle? Yeah. Maybe the renewal of the church would happen. It's garbage in, garbage out, man. Yeah. That's I mean, what it is. All right, it's got to be on the Lord, man. Yeah. People say that. They're like, man, I have a horrible day. And I'll ask them, I'll say, well, how'd you start it off? Well, I'll turn on the news. <laughs> what did you expect? Like, you yeah. didn't pray, you didn't this. And it's yeah. like, I received this in, and my whole day was horrible. And that's the thing. We have an enemy. I, I talk about this all the time. And people are like, why do you talk about the devil so much? Because he's real. Yo, for real. Because like, he's, he's real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all just sunshine and rainbows and everything's fine. Like, there's someone out there that hates you. Yeah. That hates you. Yeah. And his whole mission is to separate you from God. And so what does he do? It, like, what he does to what you're talking about with the different groups in the church and honest division, it's, it's, it's equated to this. Like, Going on Facebook right now and just putting out there on a post, Trump, the, the election was rigged. Trump, Trump, Trump was, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, was, he was screwed or whatever. Yeah. And you'll see within seconds, like, like <laughs> one side's like, heck yeah. And the other side's like, you're, you know, you need to go to jail and they're going to come take you with the FBI and your family. And, you know, and it's just like, all I did was just put something out there, mm-hmm. like, just to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. That's what the devil does. He's like, yep, watch this. And then we're like a dog. You could take like our dog in the house, Lucy. You can take her tail and put it to her nose, and then she'll just run spinning <laughs> it until she falls over and passes out. Yeah. And that's what the devil's doing. That's what I was telling mm-hmm. you last night. It's like he sits there and he goes, "All right, go." And then we're sitting yeah. here so focused on the wrong things. Yeah. And he's sitting back eating grapes and laughing at us. Yeah. Because he doesn't even have to try anymore because we're doing his work for him. Yeah. Right, and it's just I'm tired of it, man. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not. You know, people say, "Well, you need to talk about that more." All I want to say is, this isn't what Jesus wants. Yeah, that's my opinion. Amen. That's not what Jesus wants. No way. He wants his brothers and sisters to come together in love Unity. and to live the way that he's called. Yeah, and to receive and to remember the gift that he's given each and every one of us. And then remember to go tell somebody else. Amen. Like, that's it. And if yeah. we, like you said, if we just worried about that, nothing else would matter. Because how many times have we gotten so worked up over something? How many mm-hmm. times now are, are, have we heard Pope Francis is going to allow same-sex marriage? Mm-hmm. How many times have we heard all this other stuff? You know, we're going to allow, we're going to have female priests, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. We, I've heard that at least 37 times over the last <laughs> two months. But even before that, years. Yeah. And it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Right, and is there's a reason for that? Because at the end of the day, God's will is going to be done. Amen. Right, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Yeah, bro. Come so on. So you could sit there and say this is going to happen, have every doomsday you want, but at the end of the day, God's will is going to be done. Amen. So and worrying about it ain't going to change nothing. Right. Except what you're going to do is you're going to look back in your life sometime when you get older and your kids are gone, and you're going to wish you know not have memories of them, and you're going to wish you had more time with them, yeah. and you're going to be brought to a memory where. Man, I spent hours of my life worrying about something I could never do anything about, mm-hmm. tearing down other people, you know, screaming my opinion from the top of the of, of every rooftop, yeah. and ignoring the things that were right there in front of me that God yeah. gave me to love. Yeah, the ones, man, and, and it's the it's the gospel. I mean, Saint Francis again, like he, it was so beautiful. Um, he met Jesus. Yeah. And that's what changed him. And because he allowed himself to be changed by Jesus, he changed the world around him. Yeah. That recipe hasn't changed. Amen. <laughs> Let yourself meet Jesus again anew. And if it's been like the kind of thing where like, man, I realize this is the way I've been living, like go to confession. 
and let the Lord give you a white garment that he clothes us in again each time we go there and 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 come out with a determination. It's like, I'm going to keep my eyes on the Lord. Um, you know, years ago I was at a, um, I was driving across a bridge in New York. And this is one of the things that I, I, I've just realized. It was like, you know, I driving across a bridge, it was just before sunrise, look over at New York City skyline. It was Throgs Neck Bridge heading towards Long Island. So off to my right is the skyline of New York. Lights are all lit up. There's the night sky. There's some stars. You can't see a lot of stars up there. Unfortunately, sure. light yeah. pollution is horrible in New York. Um, but like you just like naturally looking, you're like, this is where your eyes go as you're crossing this bridge. And then as I look over to my left, which is facing east, is Long Island. And there's nothing out there. It's flat, right? Sure. There's no like skyline to be seen. And there's just this tiny, thin, like, you know, hazy red hue of a line across the horizon that's like this, like the the first little bit of the sign that the, the, the sun is coming and he's going to rise. And I was in that moment and I just, you know, I said it before, it was like the Lord just asked this question. It's still a question I ask myself a lot in my life. Where are your eyes? Yeah. And so in the midst of a world that, yes, like are there problems? Heck yeah. Are there serious issues socially, politically? You know, like, yes. And there's always going to be. Yeah, but like the night sky, the darkness, and the lights of sort of man and her power are something that present themselves as that which is the most real and the thing that dominates our horizon of vision. Hmm. And I see a lot of people, and I do this, looking at the darkness of the night, looking at all of this and pointing, look, look, look. But if you look out to the east at this thin, hazy red hue of a line, there is a dawning of light that is coming. And when the sun rises, you do not see the city lights. They disappear and are consumed in it. Mm -hmm. And the darkness flees before the light. And we know that Jesus, as John says in 1.5, is the light which has come into this world is shown in the darkness and the darkness cannot conquer it. And so I think in this life, a kind of like for like a journey in life as we're driving across this bridge of life, kind of moving from, you know, towards, towards our goal, destiny of heaven, it's like, where are my eyes? Where am I looking in life? And that's what the problem is fundamentally for me. It's like, it's not like this side or that side. It's that our eyes are fixed on the darkness and also fixed on maybe the darkness and the person that I look at and I loathe and I hate and I speak yep. about. And I'm unable to see the thin line in them Yeah, where Christ is at work and the light is coming. And maybe not there yet, but coming. Yeah. And I'm not able to look at the world and history and the church and see that this light is coming. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness cannot overcome it. And when we look to the east, which has been the tradition of the church throughout her history and prayer, our hearts are filled with hope. Amen. Because Jesus is coming and Francis had this like hope inside of him. And we're called to live with that hope in our own life, this joy that flows out of the experience of the presence of God in our midst, this awareness that he's with us, and a confidence in who he is that allows me to, yeah, I'm in the boat and there's a storm. Okay. But guess who else is in the boat? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus <Yeah>. man. <laughs> and we forget it. Yeah. And we think like, you know, oh, you know, like I, I start grabbing Grassing, onto something. Yep. Got to grasp. I need to Let be me in. take control. Let yes. me get to the wheel. Yeah. 
And we train wreck it. And this is what has happened throughout church history with heresies, where there's been again and again this consistent theme of like the the desire to want to somehow save the church from some from some some sort of like off you know off-roading adventure into laxity and worldliness has again and again produced a fruit of a heresy that's fallen off to the right, not to the left. Mm. In which rigidity and my self-proclaimed knowledge of what is authentically Catholic, and this is it. I'm the magisterium. Yep. Becomes the the pathway that leads me off-road into separation from the very thing that I'm supposedly preserving and holding up as the good above all goods. And the way that we are able to stay on course is when our eyes are not on like this or that particular way of celebrating the liturgy, this or that particular leader in the church, but my eyes are on Jesus. Yeah. Jesus said, I am the way. If we're following him, we can't go wrong. Yeah. And Francis knew this. And so he was always coming back to that one thing. Jesus Christ, this is the rule in life of the friar's minor, namely to live the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And boy, he knew him. And because he knew him, man, he was just filled with life. He was filled with joy. And when you're filled with life and joy, guess what? That's attractive. <laughs> if you think that the churches are emptying, stop being a person who people look at and say, I don't want to be around you. Yes, amen. Stop living a life in which your eyes are on the darkness and start looking at Jesus Christ, the light of the world, and then let that resurrection, that rising of dawn happen in you so that you can say, hey, guess what? You know what? There's someone who loves you (laughs) and who loves me and I've met him and I want you to know him. And come with me and let me show you who he is. Let me show you this light that's shining in the darkness. Yeah. This isn't an ostrich response. It's not a denial of what's going on in the church, but it is seeing what's happening in the full light of the truth of reality, which is all of history, every moment of the church, every moment of our existence is held in the hands of God. In his dominion. Yeah. And he is Lord over all of it. And so I don't have to worry and get anxious about any of it. Because he's not worried. He's asleep, bro. (laughs) He's sleeping in the boat. Why? Because he knows he's got it. Yep. And would we be willing to go down in there and be like, oh, Lord, move over, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is. It's it's a question of faith. Are you going to have faith in yourself and your opinions and all those things? Or are you going to have faith in the Lord? And that this is, he's got a plan for everything and Mm -hmm. he's going to see to everything, right? I'm about my father's business. Amen. And that never stops, even when he's asleep, right? Yeah. He knows what's going on. So for, for those of you out there, like if you're tired of the division in the church, be tired of the division in your heart. That you're allowing to sit there and, and to distract mm. you and, and quit and let the devil dangle a carrot in front of your nose mm. as you wander off following it. Yeah. Right? We're, we're called to love the Lord first and foremost. Amen. Everything we do in the Catholic Church is about Jesus, whether you're praying Amen. the rosary, a divine mercy chaplet, whether you have a, a, a devotion to a particular saint. If that saint was standing in front of you, he would say, yes, you could pray to me, but it better be so I could take you to him. Mm-hmm. Everything is about Jesus. Amen. And when we lose sight of that, we wind up in the places that we're in right we now. We get in trouble, bro. Right. It's all <laughs> yeah. it is. And so when people ask you about what you think in the church, I think we need to love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then start to preach that to yourself, even if you don't believe it, even mm-hmm. if everything is pulling on you. Stop giving the devil reign in your life yeah. and give it back to Christ. Yes. That's what we need to do. Amen, bro. Stay in the tension. <laughs> yeah. Don't Amen. Don't give in to the temptation of moving right or left. Stay in the tension of remaining with Jesus Christ where he is. Yeah. 
And when your eyes are on him and you're living in that way, man, everything changes. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful what he does. And he wants to do that in our time. We don't live in a time that's just so particularly screwed up, dark, and horrible, either in the world or in the church, that the grace of God is not sufficient to make all things new here now. Yeah. Francis allowed that to happen in his own time. Will we allow our hearts to be the place where the rebuilding of the church begins? Amen. Amen. I, you talked about Tolkien, man, and I just, I'm a C.S. Lewis guy too, and I'm just this picture of Aslan <laughs> just coming over and breathing on everything yeah. and melting the ice and everything becoming new again. Yeah. He oh. wants to do it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and this is it. I think also part of this is like, let's let go of anything I'm holding on to that's not Jesus. Yep. It's a really great discernment of my heart. Jesus, is there anything or anyone that is at the center of my life that's not you? Amen. And it could even be the things of God. Yeah. That have become an idol. That have become an idol. Let go of it. And then the beautiful thing is, is everything that's good and true and what you're holding on to will be returned to you as a gift of love from the Father that you can receive, not anxiously grasping, but joyfully receiving. Amen. Amen. Man, Father, uh, I've been waiting a long time to weigh in on this, and it was I'm glad you're here because I knew yeah. with you you would speak from the heart and, and would be one of charity, a message of charity. And I, yeah. think, I hope people watch this instead of the people ranting and raving about whatever their <laughs> opinion is because – like you said, it's about Jesus. Yeah. So, brother, I love you. You know love that. Love you too, man. Brother and father, father bro, and my brother. Bro, dude, bro, man. I love you, dude. So thank you for being here. Thanks yeah. for doing the shows. And, yeah. and let's go play, man. And Amen. Let's go, let's go tell people about Jesus. Amen. Come on. <laughs> All right. God bless. Bless you. Bless you.